0: Another edition of Expanding Mind. I'm your host, Eric Davis. Continuing our conversations about the cultures of consciousness. Uh, I need tell no one that uh, video games, uh, which is already a rather quaint term, computer games suddenly doesn't do it anymore. Games uh, is not specific enough. It's almost like we don't have the right word for Uh, These uh, growingly immersive, exciting, exuberant, addictive, fascinating, culturally rich and increasingly even religious spaces uh, that more and more people, millions and millions of people around the world are spending more and more of their time interacting with immersing themselves into with uh, a widening number of devices from the Smartphone, to the good old laptop, and of course to the exploding uh, world of virtual reality and augmented reality games. So, w- what is all this gaming uh, doing to people's brains? What is it doing to our consciousness, to our sense of, dare I say, reality? Uh, these kinds of questions, which of course we talk about regularly here on uh uh expanding mind um, are increasingly pressing I myself am not a gamer uh, I know some gamers I've known people who were addicted to games I um, uh, I've played a bit myself but I just don't really have the uh, the tendency I, I I think that I spend enough time in front of a screen. Um, and I enjoy immersion in, uh, uh, I don't want to say the real world, because that's sort of an ideologically uh, loaded term, but I, I sort of enjoy sensory experience a lot. So when I'm not doing my writing, uh, you know, I prefer to kind of immerse myself in the, in the outside. Uh, but I have come to respect uh, the richness of the world of gaming, which is kind of an interesting thing to, it's kind of an interesting problem that if, you, if you're if you a gamer, then it's like your whole frame of reference in the discussion of games is very different than if you're not, uh, it's easy for people who are not gamers to say, Oh, look, they're not, they're not connected to the real world. They're, they're losing all of these capacities to interact with people, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of that just reflects their own ig- your, one's own ignorance because you don't realize the depth and richness and social possibilities and even, uh, consciousness exploration, uh, that goes on inside gaming and on the flip side, people who are deeply into games, uh, at least in my experience, often have a slight <laughs> d- desire to sort of justify their uh, sometimes excessive uses of time by extolling the positive f- uh, features of games when obviously there is a shadow side. Um, and so, uh, uh, you know, the, the issue goes on and on. And it's for, for that reason, because I'm not really a gamer. Uh, I do try to uh, spend some time uh, studying people who study gamers, uh, or I also spend a lot of time looking over people's shoulders. You know, anytime I'm with people who, who play games, I'm like, "Let's go for a cruise," because I know I'm not going to be uh, spending my, my my personal time doing that. But I, I'm an anthropologist of the weird, and so I want to see these worlds that people are uh, are interacting with, um, and. So it becomes very important to pay attention to people who are studying games as well because this is a way you can get a much better sense of what's going on inside people's minds, inside people's virtual worlds than just sort of looking at it from the outside where it can seem a little autistic. It can seem a little checked out. Um, But of course, as someone who's interested in psychedelic drugs, I can't exactly uh, fault people for wanting to uh, move into a different dimension of reality and experience uh, different kinds of sensations, different kinds of worlds, and to work with those experiences uh, through the whole of of their lives. And I believe that we can integrate these altered states and these um, fantastic experiences in, in positive and productive ways. But of course, there is a dark side as well. So I'm very happy uh, today that I'll be speaking with uh, Angelica Ortiz de Gortari, who is a um, psychologist and uh, currently a postdoc fellow at the University of Liege. And she's, you know, one of many, many psychologists and, and other uh, so sociologists and other folks who are studying a uh, game of phenomenon. Um, but she uh, co- helped uh, coin the term uh, the game transfer phenomena, which describes that particularly uncanny, weird, and fascinating uh, phenomena that, that many gamers experience of having elements of the game world appear, intrude uh, sometimes humorously, sometimes disturbingly into their uh, the rest of their lives, into their real lives, to use uh, again a sort of ideologically uh, loaded term. Um, and this is a fascinating phenomenon because it really just gives us the, the you know, it's sort of the, just the opening salvo of a, of, a, of a whole engagement with the ways in which these devices, these, ga- these experiences, these uh, interactive uh, encounters are going to be transforming our, our brains, our minds, our uh, consciousness, our sense of reality itself. Um, as more and more people dive deeper and deeper into more and more immersive games, so with no further ado, uh, Angelica, thanks so much for joining me on on expanding mind.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, Harry. Happy to talk to
0: you <laughs> that's great. So listen, I think I, I, you know I, I I'd like to start out just sort of with a personal tip is that does your did your interest in uh studying gaming phenomenon as a psychologist begin uh, with your own personal immersion and, and enjoyment of games? Were you a gamer before you started to study gamers?
1: Well, I have been really start to uh, and be interesting to understand the effects of technology of internet. So this is why how I started uh, initially you know, my, my research about the effects of, of interactive uh, technologies. And, uh, yeah, um, I mean, I, I play video games. I'm not a very hardcore gamer. I suddenly start playing games and then I stop playing, you know. But, uh, but yeah, but these video games have been something that really interests me. And I have moved on from uh, investigating and studying the effects of, I say, internet uh, or excessive use or gaming addiction to actually understand uh, particular video games' uh, effects. And I have focused on these uh, in the last um, six years,
0: more or less, and um, uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Well, since you mentioned starting out talking about uh, addiction or compulsive behavior, maybe we could just start out a little bit on that score. Um, do you think that the term addiction is uh, appropriate to talk about what can happen to some people? I mean, I have a, personally, I have a, a member of my extended family. Uh, seems to be addicted, as in terms of my terms. You know, not not being a psychologist, not being uh, you know someone who, who who works with addiction professionally. But do you think that that is a, a good way of thinking about um, what can happen to people with, with compulsive gaming tendencies, or does it distort what's happening?
1: Well, I think the term of addiction is having generalized for many activities that we do in our modern life, right? So we need to be very careful about that. And, uh, I mean, there is a small number of population that can actually develop problems with gaming. And uh, but we need to be very clear that uh, when we're talking about addiction, uh, you need to present a, a component, a series of symptoms for a particular period of time. And it needs to be uh, from the, uh, the function of the stress in your life prov- provoked by this activity. So and there is many gamers that play intensively, but actually don't develop uh, subsequent problems or actually lead to addiction. There is uh, also, I mean, it can be occurred like uh, for some period of time, people play a lot, and then after that they they don't play too much. So we need to be very careful when we refer to a gaming addiction, but uh, I definitely, there is, I mean, the study shows it, there is uh, a small number of population that actually have a serious problems with uh, playing video games excessively and actually in a pathological way. And I just started researching about internet addiction um, many years ago, but for me it was very important to um, to try to have a more broad approach, more neutral approach, and this is what took me to actually a research about game transfer phenomena, because I was between uh, this uh, between the trying to decide, you know, what, what what a new path in my research I would take. And I was between, actually, these traditional uh, areas of research, that is the video games addiction or, or violent video games. But I wanted to do something different, something, as I say, with more neutral approach. So uh, I was interested to understand how the video game influenced gamers' perceptions of the world, the mood the state, the fantasies. And uh, I started, uh, yeah, and this is what it took me to, you know, to start interview gamers about this experience. And, and and in, in the end, uh, you know
0: I, I developed uh, again game a phenomena yeah it, it's I mean what's remarkable about it is just how widespread the mild form of uh, the grain game transfer phenomena that you're talking about. I mean how I, I think you have seventy to eighty percent of gamers will experience at least a little bit of uh, of some of uh, of this kind of bleed over from one world to to the other, which is kind of a remarkable. Number and, and I guess it's been noticed for quite a long time, but nobody really kind of put the pieces together and really looked at it as a distinct uh, phenomena. But, so, so what are some of the more like, common examples of things that, that a lot of gamers experience that, that, that fit under this category of, of game transfer phenomena?
1: Yeah, well, I think, I think if you allow me. I think it's important to first to, to, to establish what is game transfer phenomena. Because, I mean, yeah, the other phenomena is involuntary phenomena with video game contents. I mean, it's, uh, you know, for example, um, when you listen to a song and you get the music uh, or the sound that you hate and you like a lot and you get it stuck in your mind. Or when suddenly yeah. you pay attention to some kind of bright image and then suddenly you have some kind of after image. So probably you are familiar with this kind of experience. I mean, they happen to everywhere. Everyone. So, this Gantt phenomena cover this large variety of experience in different sensory modalities, visual, auditory, body sensations, also a large variety of thoughts. Sometimes we have thoughts that we cannot take away, that keep intruding in our activities, uh, in our mind, popping up. Uh, we have also behavior, or Sometimes we say something um, without, uh, without intention, some slip of the tongue. you know, So again, the phenomena. Um, and what I have tried to do with my research is try to identify, to really operationally define about all these large variety of, of phenomena that happen in our everyday life, but with video game contents. So what we find in terms of phenomena, we have, a, as I say, covered a large variety of experience. For example, visual experience, we have gamers that have report mind visualizations with video games. So it's obvious that gamers, it's more easy to you visualize images. So actually, you see images. Uh, with open eyes or closed eyes, we have, for example, gamers that see images with closed eyes, and this is quite interesting as well because uh, sometimes gamers start seeing images from the game when they are trying to fall asleep, and this is uh, usually uh, known as uh, hypnagogia images. And when you are in this hypnagogia state, this period between you are awake and you are falling to sleep. So some individuals report to see images from events or things that they had done in, in, in the, during the day. So we see a lot of this with uh, very repetitive and stereotypical video games. Um, and But the one most interesting thing and one, um, the experience that uh, this was initially, I, I, I did an interview with gamers. This is like how it started the phenomena. So you understand really how this kind of, how it evolved. And, yeah. and um, so in this, in this in this um, study, that was a like, very small study, it was 42 gamers that were interviewed, and you know, well, they a reporting that they have seen things, doing things with, uh, without intention, with content about the game. So in this particular, in terms of the visuals, there was a gamer that reported that he uh, started seeing hell bars uh, when he was playing a football game. So um, he said that he, he was losing the game, and then he... Uh, but suddenly they start scoring, so he described and he say, I start feeling the adrenaline pumping, and when this happen, I start seeing this kind of hell bars in the opposite team. So and this experience repeat in just in these 42 gamers. Other gamers say, for example, that they see text boxes above above uh, the teachers in, in the class, and um, and this was developed further in my other studies. Um, the different studies as a part of my post, my, my PhD, um, and these uh, gamers start re- reporting that they have seen menus and, uh, when they are in conversations, or maps when they are searching for an address. And what is interesting here is that we see these associations between real activities and actually the activities in the game and these video game elements. So, uh, so this is this was, uh, this is kind of experience, was actually the ones that motivated me to actually continue in deep to understand game the phenomena. Then we have also auditory experience. We go from gamers hearing music, voice of, um, of sounds on the game, uh, sometimes in their mind, like uh, um, like as I say, when you are hearing the music and you get stuck in your head. But actually, so as, as, also sometimes gamers hear sounds. Coming from objects associated from
0: the video game. that the case of well, yeah, a couple of the, that, hmm? oh, I was just going to 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 ask a question about the, uh, the the sounds because you know if I it, you, you use well to speak about visuals first, you talked about some people uh, have the experience of they're looking for an address and they'll see like a map like a pull down menu fe- a feature. And obviously, when that happens to the vast majority of people, they realize there's something kind of weird happening because it's a it's a, it's an it's a visual anomaly. So they they uh, recognize that there's something they're hallucinating or there's some sort of odd perceptual effect. But sounds are kind of weirder because, you, you know, if you hear an explosion or the sound of guns or something, you, know, you don't really know. And I'm wondering, like, whether there are certain sensory modalities where people are more likely to be confused to actually think that they're hearing the sounds from the outside world and not just coming uh, from a bleed over from the game.
1: Yeah, well, this is very interesting, and you are, uh, yeah, 100% right. I mean, sounds, it seems to be – I mean, I think it depends a lot about the content about the game. But sounds – Definitely, uh, when specific, especially, especially when they are associated with uh, aversive contents about the game, like a bullet, explosion, you know, uh, the gamers respond to this because, of course, they expect that something as in the real world will happen as in the game. For example, there is an example. There is a case of a gamer that he, he said that sometimes when he walks in the darkness, he hears the, ra- the sounds the radio makes indicating a monster is close by. And suddenly he hears the sound uh, but it's a quite descriptive sound, you know. It doesn't need to be very peasy. just sounds that are very repetitive and important in the game. And then he hears it, and suddenly he starts looking around, expecting and looking for this monster. And in this case, this game, it seems, in some cases, there are some changes of behavior. This, is, this, this gamer says that he has a, 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 a flashlight under his, uh, close to his bed, you know, just in case. So yeah, and in fact, they have a game reported. I mean, as I say, it depends about the contents about the game. About it's very important how game is interpreted, this experience, and as well the circumstances with this experience occur. But it seems that yeah, sounds you cannot really map it. I mean, you can you hear it, and then the things are more more distressed, at least in their studies uh, they have reported more distress with the uh, uh, with auditory experience. So yeah.
0: So how how do how do people react how, what are this, what is the range of how people react to this these experiences you know uh some people you know probably uh, you know some people are going to actually believe them and then most people don't but do they think they're funny is it disturbing that they realize that – that the the intensity of their gameplay is maybe actually you know bleeding into their uh, actual lives? Is it just kind of annoying? You know, you mentioned the, the earworm when you get a, a song stuck in your head and you're like, whatever, who cares? You know, it doesn't matter. It's just annoying. So what is the range of people's experiences when they realize that this is happening to them?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we have uh, incredibly, I mean, that is Morgan may have a phenomenon phenomena, something pleasurable, down pleasurable. So, and we have some percentage of distress. For example, when you look at these people that have experienced GTP at some point in their life, we have some 20% that have experienced at some point some distress or dysfunction. Then when you go to see these people that have experienced gender phenomena, many types of gender phenomena, and very frequently, then you find a 58% that have experienced distress or dysfunction. But in general, I mean, it seems that of phenomena, I mean, gamers like it in the most of the cases or they are indifferent to it. I mean, uh, so, but it depends about, about the experience. Uh, for example, a very simple uh, um, uh, experience, for example, like a seen images or recurrent images when you are trying to fall asleep or hearing sounds constantly, uh, they, they have reported as a very uncomfortable because Sometimes gamers uh, have uh, this little to sleep deprivation. They cannot fall asleep because they can hear in the music, but they see seeing the images every time they close their eyes, they see the images. And, uh, so, and we have also other cases where it depends on the circumstances. So sometimes gamers uh, found themselves performing some action as in the game, um, start dancing as in the video game character, or found themselves uh, falling uh, images in the highway, and, uh, so, uh, and sometimes gamers get actually or uh, get concerned about, about how the automatic responses. And, and yeah, certainly they actually reflect about how, how long um, they have been playing or what are actually the effects of the, of the video games in their everyday life. Uh, so it's a very a variety of, or a price, of a low variety of interpretation about the experience, but it, it depends a lot about the content about the video games how frequent I experience uh, game of phenomena, and actually uh, how gamers interpret this experience. It seems to us that also it's very, uh, some gamers really like it. Some gamers actually try to induce the experience. And sometimes uh, for gamers, the experience of game traffic phenomena is to, to me, a means to be like a, a gamer, you know, part of the gaming community, uh, be a hardcore gamer. So, so I think it's, it's, it depends about, uh, you know, about experience and, and the gamer, But in general... What,
0: that, uh, one, yeah. in, one example you had in, the, in, in one of your articles that really struck me, and I, I can't remember the game, but the, the effect in, in the game when you were, were doing something, the, the frame rate would slow down, like the actual, like, sp- the event would slow down and so you would you would be able to do more things in a, in a period of time. And that he noticed that effect happening for a few days in his ordinary life where everything would It would slow down it was like the f- the frame rate of reality was was slowing down, and he said it was he goes, "Oh, it was awesome and it it is really fascinating. I mean it's amazing that you, that you that the that the something like the frame rate of experience itself can be malleable. I mean we know that for, for you know for example, when people get into accidents, oftentimes their memory of the event at least, or their experience at the time, is kind of hard to say which, is that uh, time slows down. I've had that experience when I had an ATV accident when I was a kid. And, uh, uh, and so it's like that, that capacity to slow down, let's say, the frame rate of, of real experience is clearly something that is, is malleable to some degree in, inside of us without any you know, intervention from a game. But in that sense, you can look at games as like uh, learning environments to be able to develop control or at least to begin to hack, if you will, uh, the sort of usually unavailable substratum of how we build our sense of ongoing uh, reality. So it must actually be very exciting for for some people.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems that... uh this virtual immersion and this uh, automatic association that I established between uh, re- uh, objects that have been simulated in the game are really can open different channels and different possibilities. But we don't know yet actually which are these individuals actually, you know, I mean in which extent actually they are able to actually control their experience. But we uh, have also a gamers that have reports that control their images or oh, uh, when they are trying to fall asleep and, and uh, con- uh, control the movement with their hands, or can of start actually um, uh, re- um, uh, replaying the full uh, game session. But, uh, I mean, it's very difficult to know uh, what the what stand, actually, is an interpretation about this, or actually games are able to do it. But, I mean, video games, is a sensory experience, right? It's activation of all of our senses and high cognitive uh, uh, loads, and and we need to respond, we need to uh, use of a and take decisions. So it's really an interplay of all these sensory uh, sensory channels and and our conditions, and and it's not strange that actually, you know, this is uh, facilitating certain experiences that are uh, considered like anomalous or, you know, not so common, and they are happening uh, now in gamers' lives.
0: Yeah, all, all over the place. One of the more uh, just uh, kind of odd things, like some of this, when I read your your detail, the details of people's experience, this wide range of types uh, of experiences of or, or, or the phenomena. Um, one was that sometimes people have like involuntary uh, physical movements. You know, their hands would be raising, and the, you know, because the, they've been doing a certain gesture in the game, or they're walking around a corner and they just spontaneously start to you know. Get crouched like they were doing in the first-person shooter, and they're not choosing to do it; it's just happening automatically in, in their bodies. Um, what, how to think? How should we think about that? How do you think about uh, the the physical, the, the the non-willed, spontaneous physical movements that seem to that, that are sometimes uh, stimulated by by gameplay?
1: Yeah, well, it seems that the, the virtual embodiment is very important, particularly for this experience. So uh, we have these many things in different ways. It go from gamers, you know, feeling involuntary movements of fingers or legs. You know, this seems to be explained by the repetitive movements of control of the game path. Uh, and we have actually, but one of the most interesting things is when actually gamers experience these involuntary movements of arms triggered by uh, objects in real life. I mean, this is a case of gamers that, uh, that he's uh, he a couple of gamers report that they're playing a game where they need to uh, use a, a bionic arm and to honk under some bridge or different things and this is a case of a gamer that he he said that when he saw a bridge and he saw that he couldn't actually honk under the bridge he feel the involuntary movement of his arm so we see this uh, the, this importance and one of my, uh, we have been not investigated yet but one of my um, I, I believe that my theories is that actually objects that have been associated with activities in the game or with some sound or some image, image are actually activating areas of the brain, and this is why gamers are actually experiencing some movement, seeing some image, or hearing some sound? Or would it be the case that actually gamers are misattributing their own thoughts? And actually, are perceiving this kind of tactile, involuntary, uh, uh, hallucina- uh, tactile sensations or hallucinations, uh, you know, that uh, movement or seeing or hearing thing. So it's like a two different uh, pro- uh, different possibilities. But uh, but uh, this involuntary. Um, uh, Gil-
0: can I inter- I was- can I interrupt there? I just I just want to clarify that the, those two different. Uh, ways of thinking about this phenomenon i it, it, i just want to make sure i i that i'm understanding in the one model it's that act, actual things in in the actual world are tri- are serving as triggers because there's o- similar objects in the game world and so whatever I'm, I'm i'm i don't have a good example but you know every time there's a, a a barrel in donkey kong that has bananas in it and so you know, I, I'm doing that all the time in the game. And then I go out in the world and I see a barrel and I'm going to go, Oh yeah, that's that I, I it's associated with an action of like opening it up and getting bananas out of it. But, and that that's one kind of model. And then the other model is just that it's just sort of happening spontaneously. It's not necessarily triggered by events in the actual environment. It's more just sort of a cognitive loop or, uh, projection that's happening kind of erratically. Am I getting that distinction right?
1: No, exactly. So one is that the, the association in both cases is very important. I mean, three uh, objects that have been simulated in the game it seems to be very important for many old games of the phenomenon experience, at least the one that happened in every, everyday life. And uh, but uh, what I'm trying to say is that uh, objects that have been associated with the game, with the ac- action, for example, are activating areas of the brain associated with motoric activations. So this, uh, this is why gamers are actually moving their arms or experiencing that they're moving their arms, you know? Or uh, I- objects are associated with images or sounds. So a- a- areas of, they're activating areas of the brain associated with uh, visualization, with images, with sounds. And the other possibility is that gamers are just misattributing, make, misattributing errors. They are misinterpreting, you know, these sensations. Their thoughts are being transformed in sensations and perceptions, but actually are just thoughts that are misattributing, misinterpreted. But, uh, you know, I mean, this is something that uh, needs to be investigated further. but this is what we could in, in, uh, um, explain, actually, that gamers are... Experience these involuntary moments of of, of, uh, of fingers or arms, because you are it's different, right? When you watch a movie, you are passively you see movement but you are not actually embody these characters, and uh, so and you are not repetitively doing these activities. I mean, we see this, uh, for example. Um, Thoughts and behaviors in GTP are highly associated. Seem to be very associated with repetitive activities, jumping in the in the game. You know, uh, I don't know different activities. Repetitive activities that are done in the in the game are actually uh, the ones that sometimes manifest in real life context.
0: So, uh, one question I had is that you know, there's a, a wide variety of you know kinds of games, uh, first person shooters. Uh, you know massive multiplayer role playing games uh, you know twitch games like uh uh candy crush or or Tetris or whatever is there does does the game transfer phenomenon show up more often with certain genres of game like when you're when there's a more developed narrative avatar or when there's more repetitive action is is there a way you can find what are the elements in specific games that are more likely to lead to this phenomenon?
1: Well, I have not investigated particular video games, but uh, we have some, I mean, certain experience are more likely to kill with certain games. Like for example, seeing images with close eyes, uh, they are more associated with video games that are very repetitive, very stereotypical, like a Candy Crush, Tetris, you know, uh, games of uh, this type. And we see like a, uh, and behaviors are more associated more, with uh, more realistic video games because gamers are doing activities in, in, in the video game. And I have uh, recently conducted some study with Pokemon Go that probably you are familiar with. So are you familiar with Pokemon Go?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, so in, this, in this game, we see, for example, uh, we have a also very large percentage of game transfer phenomena. I mean, almost... Uh, more than, uh, almost all the people have a screen GTP at some point in their life. But we see, for example, a lower percentage of experience in like a hearing something from the video game because many people don't play the game with the sound. Or we see, for example, lower percentage of uh, for example, very large, one of the largest percentage in terms of body experience in, in general in video games. In two different studies with over 1,000 gamers, uh, we found out that body sensation of movement, is highly prevalent so uh, feeling the gamers sometimes they're falling asleep and they start feeling the movement from the game this is a neural adaptation like when you are in a boat and you after that be all the day in the boat or traveling in a train you keep feeling the movement so, so it's similar to this so we see in games like a pokemon they don't have this characteristic we don't see this experience so uh, you know, so it's very interesting to see that actually depends about the two characteristics and the characteristics, the characteristics of the game are actually, obviously, what we are now seeing, it, at least compared with this Pokemon Go, that there are differences. So, um so there, so there is important, but I have, uh, unfortunately, no, no particular, you know, comparison between the video games uh, experience, but it seems thoughts and behaviors are very related to video games that are very realistic that are, you highly, uh, you know, very, very easy to associate the uh, things that you do in the game, objects, and also this realism seems to be very important for game transfer phenomena. Mm-hmm. I mean, gamers confusing the memories from the video game with those in real, in the real world, found themselves uh, going to buy something and then were like, why am, doing, why am I buying this? What I need? When I come here? Oh, I need it from, it's was something that I need from the game? You know, thinking about people and to realize that there are actually video game characters, so these kind of games, you know, facilitate certain this kind of experience.
0: You know, you, you've mentioned uh, go, going to the hypnagogic state a, a number of times. The the fact that one of the places that people see this kind of uh, phenomenon uh, red, most readily is is in the is in is while going to sleep, in that that kind of twilight zone between uh, waking world and deep sleep. And, you know, that's a very interesting, uh, state of consciousness. Uh, there's a lot of weird phenomena associated with it. There's people sometimes have paranormal experiences. Uh, my, me uh, personally, that's often been the, the most weird, uh, natural states of consciousness that I've gotten into. I've, I've had very powerful experiences in that zone, but it makes me think that there's a way to understand, uh, games, to think not so much necessarily about addiction or violence or, or how, you know, uh, you know or, or, or on those kind of topics, but more to think about them almost as a way of, of engaging altered states of consciousness that, that you know, hum- our, our minds, our brains have these capacities for this, w- this wide range of states of consciousness, and that games are kind of like moving into that realm. I mean, there's elements of trance, there's elements of absorption, there's elements of dissociation there's elements of hypnagogia of dream all of these different uh kind of aspects of consciousness seem to be implicated in in game phenomena is that something that more and more people are looking at who are studying games you know looking at less at maybe social factors or uh and, and more about states of consciousness
1: yeah well i'm afraid that the research is more actually, I mean, you know, addiction or violent video games. There is some uh, um, area of research about dreams, but uh, there is not so much interest so far. I mean, like, have you not explored so much? You know, it's just still a very small uh, niche of, of research, but I think it's fascinating. I mean, the way that we can, I mean, video games are really like, uh, it's a choreography core- all over senses and how this can be es- explored and explored. Uh, in many different ways. So, definitely, I mean, we have gamers having this kind of uh, um, synesthesia experience, you know, simulation, uh, synthetic, you can call it synesthetic experience. I mean, hearing sounds, uh, seeing things, you know, all these sensations. And, uh, I mean, it's fascinating the things that we can understand about, about the brain choreography uh, to understand a gamer's experience. So, uh, so it's a lot, of, a lot of possibilities, but unfortunately, so far it has not been too much uh, research in this area, but uh, hopefully, I mean, it starts expanding little by little. And, and I think uh, the most interesting, one of the most interesting thing in research about this phenomena is that actually you can identify what in the video game is actually triggered or of in this experience in the most of the cases. And this is fascinating because you can do all kinds of studies and you can really, you know, in those kind of transfer states, Uh,
0: just by playing video games. Yeah, could you talk a little bit more about how, as a psychologist, you think about trance when looking at, at, at video games? I mean, there's these sort of overlapping categories we talk about trance we'll talk about dissociation about absorption and of course there's healthy what we what we would think of as normative or healthy forms you know when you're reading a book and it's so fascinating you don't hear the phone ring or something and you're like no one's going to say that's pathological but at the same time very similar kinds of states of absorption can that can be seen or interpreted as being pathological or dissociation, particularly suddenly you're not identifying with your ordinary personality or your sense of, uh, of reality, or you, you have derealization. Suddenly the world seems like a, a false, uh, simulation or something. And obviously that's not, <laughs> that's not an experience everybody wants to have necessarily. So when you're looking at this issue of trance or dissociation that is part of, the uh, of the deep gaming experience how do you think about it how do you dis- differentiate the uh, the different elements of these of these trance states or or absorption states
1: well here we are talking about some normative, dissociative phenomena right i mean it is not pathological as you say i mean it's for and we do it we see it in entertainment media and what we see, for example, in video games is very common, and even when we watch some movie, we a time distortion, this kind of uh, lasso track of time, and, uh, and this absorption, this immersion in the, virtual, in, the, in the world. But what is different with certain video games that are able to make us feel present in the virtual world and really to embody these, these uh, characters or to perform these activities. And it seems that this is an uh, important element in terms, in terms of, game transfer phenomena, so uh, we, we see, you know, these kind of trans states are very important and uh, when, when gamers really engage in doing these activities. So being transported in this virtual world. And, and so this is something very powerful and it will become even more important with uh, high, highly immersive technologies like a VR. So, so is a, it's a b- b- very, very interesting to understand these kind of transit states. Uh, and the uh, game getting the flow, you know, lo- lo- lost, as I said, the tri- uh, lost the track of time, lost uh, the feel really in the virtual world. And, uh, and some gamers have reported to feel, actually, that they're still in the game after they stop playing. Sometimes, suddenly, after they stop playing, uh, they, they found themselves that they are still really in the game. Or sometimes, a-, a stimulus, hearing a sound, seeing an object, actually trigger this kind of memory. But it's not just a memory. It's actually feel that they are in the world. like at this, this, uh, this realization-like experience. Sometimes they feel actually they are the video game characters, like this, like this personalization-like experience. So we see this, this, uh, this phenomena. And one of the most interesting things of Game phenomena is that when gamers have uh, some objects that have been simulated in the game, it's not sometimes it's just thoughts. But not all the time. Sometimes they really lead to these kind of short moments of dissociation. I mean, sometimes gamers found themselves per, uh, performing something that's in the game, and then they realize that they are actually not in the game. There are gamers that have uh, suddenly found, see a tree and or see you know, and then found themselves walking toward the tree to actually pick up uh, this plant or hit it or whatever, and, and then suddenly they realize that they are actually uh, not in the video game. In my first study with this interview, interviews that I conducted, I mean, it's a gamer that said that he saw a bicycle and he went, walk all the way toward the bicycle and suddenly, because he was thinking to take the bicycle and suddenly he realized he was not in the game. So we see these very short episodes of dissociation that, you know, gamers are learning to respond to certain stimulus. Uh, in the way that they do it in the game, because they are very repetitive. They do very repetitive activities. Video games is a sequence of of, of uh, sequence of actions, and every action has some consequence, right? But then when the game see these objects, they, sometimes it's just a thought. Sometimes they have this kind of wish that they want to do something else in the video game. Sometimes they actually do these kind of actions, and they realize that they actually... They cannot do it, or and then they stop before they do the action, or they actually perform the action when it's something usually no harm, uh, you know, harmless. So, we have this, we see this transfer of this kind, of, uh, uh, these very short moments of dissociations in everyday life, will be doing the sense.
0: what's fascinating about this is that it it, it resembles uh, some of the work people do intentionally in order to uh, develop uh, lucid dreaming. Uh, but even even deeper, uh, there's a, a, a number of Tibetan practices, Tibetan Buddhist practices of, of uh, dream yoga that precisely attempt to undermine the sense that the real world is the way it seems to be by introducing dream elements into that world. Like it, from the Tibetan Buddhist perspective, Our ordinary sense of reality is uh, is an illusion, but we're attached to it. And so you need to kind of break, you know, undermine that attachment. And one of the ways to do that is to uh, blur the boundaries between dreaming and being in the real world. So you can you bring things over from one world to the other. And it's so funny because it's just it's just in such a different category. You know, these ancient religious practices of of consciousness uh transformation and here we are you know with entertainment technologies you know stumbling into the same capacity that we have to you know erode or not erode but start to bleed these different domains uh, into one another and it's a it's a remarkable opportunity but of course it's it's you know disturbing and, and alarming as well depending on how it how it shows up um, which you know kind of leads to the general question the in, inevitable question in these kind of interviews you know there's some people who see all this and they go, oh my god we're like losing touch with reality people are gonna like be checking out of our you know, t- our difficult world and just immersing themselves in this and look, they're not even able to stay in the, in the ordinary world. Uh, I, I take it you have a, a more positive view of it. I am kind of curious if you could speculate a little bit about given that we that different types of games can, can induce different kinds of game transfer phenomena can shift the, the boundaries of the game world and the real world in different ways can you imagine ways that that, this can be kind of harnessed in in interesting or or other ways Um, in the future with developing certain kinds of games in order to produce certain sorts of bleed over effects that might be of interest psychologically in terms of, you know, practical results? Uh, Do you have any kind of interesting speculations about where, where we might go with this?
1: Well, I think that we, we, we have this currently, maybe not in video games, more in virtual reality, I mean, that have used, for example, for therapies, I mean, sensations of phantom limbs, you know, with uh, sensations of virtual limbs. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of possibilities of applications, actually, of this kind of, uh, you know, this embodiment in the virtual world and this kind of dissociative uh, states. I mean, even to understand, actually, by themselves, this, what is this sensitive state and, and, you know, in relation to medical conditions. Uh, I think, I mean, uh, where are we going? I think, I think video games every day are becoming more immersive and more realistic. And, uh, and as video games become more, more realistic and more immersive but um, stimulate a large variety of sensory channels, we'll be able to feel more present in the virtual world. And the contents about the video games it will be important, but not just this. What the individual will do with actually with these contents about the game, it will be important in, in, in the in the long run, right? I mean, you have the soul, you have the sensations, but how how would you uh, what you do with this? And I think this is why it's important to be aware about these things. I mean, I think uh, uh, there is a lot of possibilities because can, you can enhance this kind of trance state. Of course, we need to we also need to be aware that not well, everybody has this experience. Uh, probably, we are talking about susceptible individuals that have very vivid imagination, that are uh, prone uh, prone to um, probably to get in trance state, in a go- in, in hypnotic uh, go- go- um, states you know, other that are the ones that are are more more susceptible to, to this kind of experience. And we, we see it, actually. We have investigated some uh, elements in the game or motivation for playing, and we see that, for example, gamers that uh, play the game and get very immersed, uh, gamers that play the game for exploring and for escape or reality, are, are, are those that have more likely to experience against of phenomena while those that play the game for socialization purposes, uh, you know, they're actually uh, uh, not relevant for game traffic phenomena. So we are talking about particular uh, individuals that are more likely to, you know, to, to this kind of experience as they, they enjoy this experience or uh, are more susceptible to maybe feel present in the virtual world. But we are really in the initial uh, phase about, about to understand game traffic phenomena because it has been no investigated uh, from this perspective academically before. So we need to, I I think there's a lot of potential for understanding many different uh, involuntary phenomena. And this is what I, I mean, usually when you investigate involuntary phenomena, as I refer to like hallucinations, dissociations, illusions, uh, you know, intrusive thoughts, all have been investigated in a different, uh, I mean, related to the different areas of research. And what, what the phenomena is doing is integrating all these modalities to understand a phenomena, and it's very challenging because uh, it's a lot of variety. We have this interplay that is very complex of the brain, I mean, cognitions, perceptions, and behavior. But uh, it seems that uh, um, yeah, it's leading us to to understand uh, more and more about how we actually can experience this. Uh, short moments of dissociation in the real world, and uh, that in most of the cases, it seems that for gamers have not had any further implications, but for certain individuals, in certain circumstances, can, can, can pose some kind of um, risk of put them in some compromise situation
0: yeah so I mean in that sense it's just like so many things you know in, in in the world that there's a certain percentage of people that respond to them in in disturbing or, or you know pathological ways while most people manage the, 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 the that to not go that direction and you know that's always a you know a question about how to go how to go forward but i'm I'm really fascinated by the idea that um, studying these kind of psychological phenomena associated with with gaming allows us to to build a more multi-dimensional way of understanding how the how how we move how the brain constructs reality how we um how we operate because it, it forces to you need to integrate all of these different elements including you know uh spiritual and and sort of altered states issues that's what seems interesting to me is that even in a very um even if you're like very much just interested in real world effect or you're approaching it as a sociologist, you have to start looking at some of these altered states things, things that look like out of body experiences or ways that dreams are, are transforming. There's There was one article that you linked to from your site where you have a very nice collection of articles on this related to this topic uh, that, that showed some linkage between uh, people who were uh, – emer- Doing virtual reality games and their incidents of lucid dreaming. The Im- implication being that somehow being inside of a of a virtual rea- reality world tended to increase one's ability to control the dream world, which in some sense is kind of like our internal virtual reality engine that we don't usually control. And that's very you know very significant, very fascinating. I mean, obviously we need to do more research to, before we we know how robust that. Is, but it does seem like there are ways in which these games are allowing us to actually explore the worlds of, of altered states, of trance, of dissociation, of hypnagogia, of the dream world, of quote-unquote paranormal experiences, and to sort of play with that edge uh, through, uh, through gaming, not necessarily intentionally, but it's almost like we can't avoid... Those aspects of human consciousness, because they're appearing in ordinary people's lives, kind of unexpectedly.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is very, very interesting. A lot, of, a lot of possibilities really to explore. Really, this and with a very economical way, I would say. I mean, video games. You know, playing video games and understand also how you can control your dreams, and I mean, it's very interesting, I mean, because you control everything in the video game, right? I mean, and we see ourselves as we don't, our avatar, as we don't perceive in real in the real world. They so have a lot of video games, have a lot of very interesting elements, you know, to understand all these phenomena that that we are no, we, we still no no understand.
0: So what, what do you see ahead for your, what's your next stage of research? What are you, what are you looking at next?
1: Well, uh, now uh, I'm trying, um, I'm interested in to do experiments. We need to do experiments, you know, to understand about, about more about game transfer phenomena. I mean, I'm, trying, I'm really very interested in to understand this interplay between cognition, perceptions, and behaviors, how this kind of phenomena is, is helping us to understand these phenomena. I mean, it's not just... Uh, understand video games' effects, you know, what, video games, uh, what are the effects of video games? It's not actually how, against the, the, the research that I have conducted against the phenomena, how this uh, can help us to understand, you know, how the mind works, how, how we, we this interplay between these different sensory perceptions. But it's a lot of possibilities, I mean, that, that I'm, 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 I'm currently trying to explore. And you know, I also trying, uh, will explore some VR technologies, uh, you know, I, um, I, I believe that the kind phenomena will be more more um, uh, more predominant with VR. So I wanted to test, you know, gamers that play VR, get gamers that doesn't play VR, and see actually what what what, what we get from this. So uh, so it's a you know a, a lot a lot of possibilities, but I, I wanted to do some experiments.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I I I I can only imagine that some. Gamers are really appreciative when they find out about your work because they might, you know, think, wow, this is just happening to me. Maybe I'm going crazy or maybe I'm, I'm my brain is broken. Uh, and, you know, indeed, on your on your website, you have this uh, pretty cute uh, uh, series of cartoons where you kind of show all the different types of phenomena that can happen. And it's an amazing how the, the range of this phenomenon it's not just like a couple of things it's like there's many 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 different types of experiences that people have and you, and you write that you're trying to kind of demystify the phenomenon and I, and I i can only imagine that a lot of people a lot of gamers are really appreciative of it because it's like wow I'm, this is just, <laughs> this is something you get to deal with it's not just my own you know individual uh experience
1: yeah, well, in fact, this has been the more rewarding uh, 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 thing that I have get after all this hard work or research is that actually gamers uh, uh, take me; they have taken me uh, for actually know that this phenomena exists, that they are not the only ones, and, and actually don't interpret it as a sign of mental illness or pathology, and that I mean that this is some oh. Uh, the challenge that, that we have that when someone starts seeing things or hearing things, it's very easy to lead into conclusions and say, like, oh, okay, I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, getting, uh, it's mental ill or, uh, you know, all these kind of negative connotations that you have. But not no, no necessarily. And, uh, and yeah, gamers have, uh, gamers have, say, really thank me for, for this and it has been very very posi- very positive. But I mean not all the time some gamers get upset about this, but in the most of the cases gamers recognize the experience and and they like against the phenomena because instead of to be called like I'm an addict or, you know, I'm, I'm crazy I'm mean, a psychotic. I just have experienced the phenomena and yes it happened to me and in the most of the cases when I talk to gamers in conference or when they contact me, they, they, they recognize the experience. They say, this has happened to me. And, uh, you know, and uh, no further consequences. So, yeah, I started thinking that it was, I was getting crazy, and, and now I know that uh, this have an explanation. In fact, we, we, we wanted to, do, to use Ganttrop's phenomena to, to help individuals with schizophrenia to understand um, the variety of experience that they have. And you know some kind of psycho-psychoeducative uh, way to understand the variety of altered sensory perceptions. But sometimes we seen that is just associated with pathology. But the phenomena have demonstrated uh, that is not the case. And the, the tendencies in research about in in in, 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 in um, um, hallucinations, it goes toward this to understand the hallucinations and delusions uh, like in populations that are not clinical because they are more common in among uh, the general population than we think. But of course, yeah. I mean, this population has no have this negative connotation, right? So it's important to make the difference. I mean, gamers will say, in the most of the cases, it's going to be as a something, pleasurable, and they don't have a fuller uh, consequences. But, yeah, uh, I think it's but a, it
0: depends. Yeah, it seems like it's really part of, a, a, I think, of a larger shift that's happening, again, as we recognize that more and more of these altered states or peculiar facts factors of consciousness are just more widespread uh, among the non-clinical population than we normally thought. I mean, hearing, hearing voices is another great example that, that used to be the, the sign of total madness. And, and now when you actually do research, you realize that there's all sorts of ways that people hear voices in different ways and manage that, that experience. Uh, and, and this seems work seems to be part of that larger, uh, you know, process that goes beyond um, uh, gaming. But actually, we're going to have to wind it up there. I see where we only we're, we have b- very little time left. So, uh, Angelica, thanks so, so much for joining us on Expanding Mind.
1: Thank you very much for the invitation.
0: Okay, well, good luck. Uh, for those of you listening, keep your minds open.